Hey everyone, Kevin Kaufman and Fred Weaver here with Industry Headlines, where we attempt to break down the last seven days worth of headlines and give it to you in a couple minutes, because who has time to read through all that stuff? Yeah, no kidding. So much going on in the real estate industry these days, changing uh, just different companies coming out, you name it. So yeah, let's jump right into it, man. Cool. Compass. So, Compass, yeah, a technology-based real estate company was in the news uh, quite a bit in the last week. Uh First of all, they just launched a new bridge loan program. This seems to be very popular. All of a sudden, like the bridge loan has been around for a really long time. I, I couldn't even date when it started, but it's been around for a while, but nobody talked about it seemingly for the last five, six, seven years. And all of a sudden, in the last 12 to 24 months, all these different companies are rolling out bridge loan programs, including Compass. Yeah. So uh, in partnership with Better.com and Freedom Mortgage, they've now rolled out uh, a bridge loan essentially to help consumers with a with a bridge loan, yeah. that's not going to be no out-of-pocket cost, I believe, for up to six months. Yeah, and if you don't know, a bridge loan is essentially you've got equity in your home, you want to go buy something new, so somebody comes in and gives you a loan to serve as a down payment on your new home, and then when your old home uh, sells, obviously, they pay off that loan. So it's a very short-term loan. It bridges you from one house to the next. Just figured we'd mention that for anybody that doesn't know that term. Also, in the News Compass mentioned that uh, no plans for an IPO for how long? They say for the next 18 months. Which I think is funny because we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago, how they, it, it, they said one was coming. In fact, it was Robert Refkin who said it's inevitable, right? Yeah. It's coming in the near future. And then now a couple of weeks later it comes out and says, well, we're not doing one for at least 18 months. Like it's not in the plans for the next 18 months. And here's the best part. Um, so he talks about we have enough capital to keep going and doing what we're doing. I'm like, okay, how much money do they have? Wonder, you know, they didn't mention that. Um, but this is the part that I thought was interesting. He says like the fail, the basically the failed IPO of WeWork, mm -hmm. who's got the same major investor as Compass, mm -hmm. SoftBank, um, has nothing to do with it. I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> I'm, I call bullshit. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you'd love to believe that, but yeah. come on, like the, the money's coming from the same place. Uh, I'd like to believe the person that's giving you the money, right? That, that company uh, has some say in when you might go public. So I don't think it's the last time we're going to hear them speculate on when they might have an IPO. Uh, I would say more is coming. So let's talk for a little bit. Now this is, we're getting heading into the more of the lending consumer protection part of industry headlines Besides here a today. Little, a little heavy over here. Yeah, this one's a little heavy, but we'll, we'll kind of bring it back to why we think it's relevant. So the Supreme Court is going to hear a case on the CFPB's constitutionality. Like basically is the CFPB, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, um, operating in a constitutional like manner, right? Which they're, they're going to they're gonna hear this case. Uh, so this has been going on since 2015, 2016. This originates back to PHHH. Uh, gosh, I haven't heard that name. PHH, excuse me. I said one too many H's there. Uh, I remember doing some short sales of those guys back in the day though. Oh, yeah, uh, so they received a fine of like $103 million over a, an initial $6 million fine. And so in court, right, 2015, 2016, 2017, they're challenging this fine because who wants to go from a $6 million fine to a $103 million fine, right? So they're in court fighting with the CFPB, who CFPB is to protect consumers. PHH is like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So PHHH wins the court case, right? And has subsequently won some, uh, uh, you know, some additional... Uh, what do you call those? Um, yeah, those other those, yeah, those, those, those follow-up follow trials. Gosh, why can I not come up with the I'm name of that? That's it's, terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so they've essentially won, and you kind of think it's done. And then all of a sudden, in the last week, um, this court case is now going to be heard by the Supreme Court. And so essentially, PHH won under the pretense that 
the court ruled that, you know what, the, the way that the CFPB operates is unconstitutional, therefore your fine uh, cannot be upheld. So they, they saved themselves a hundred plus million dollars of fines um, by fighting the constitutionality of the CFPB. So anyway, bringing all that back, why, why do we care about this? Like, what do you hear in that for maybe real estate agents, mortgage professionals and consumers out there? You know, first of all, I think the, I think the, the inclination for a lot of people is to take this to a political statement like I, I i was reading the headlines well like, some other articles went on about, to talk about how i know but really this has nothing to do with like they're talking about how president trump uh right now can only fire the director for cause meaning it's not at will like you can't just fire it's not one him. of those positions that when you inherit the uh the political role of presidency you can just put your people in yeah you can't do that right now uh which i thought that was funny that they took that angle in this case it really has uh, to me that, that's not what this case is about this case is to me it's about does the CFPB actually operate in a way that is for the betterment of the consumer's protection? Mm -hmm. Or are they out to, here's my initial thought when they first started going after PHH and many others, mm -hmm. is that really what they're doing is they're, they're fundraising. I mean, not to say that PHH didn't do something wrong because they probably did. They're terrible yeah. to work with on the short sale side. I remember that. Yep. Uh, and pretty much all of these big banks at some point or another do something wrong not because they're illfully trying to hurt someone, but because they're so big and, you know, right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. But I, I just feel like CFPB has, has become this, mo like it became this monster and really what it started doing, it felt like the purpose was to find companies, not mm. to actually protect the consumer. And that's where I think this really not, goes towards. Uh, not all too dissimilar to comments I've heard from others about how they feel about their department of real estates at the state level. But uh, there are some state departments of real estates. Not us in Arizona. Who, who, well, no, I'm not. Yeah, this is, don't give me hate mail. I'm just saying I've heard people make the statements yeah. that like, you know, they're running low on their budget this year. They need to do X, Y, Z to go show whatever. And so the number of fines increases. I, I've heard people say, you know, at the end of a given month, a police officer has to write more tickets to Which meet is, their quota. Like, by the I, way, I know lots of police officers. Uh, that's uh, total. For the, for the record, I think a lot of that's this is, eh, but, but I think somewhere in, in some of this, there is some truth. There's like these uh, government bodies that are overseeing certain legislation and certain rules and procedures. And there's sort of a question of who in there is running it and who's overseeing them. And what, what, where do they, where's the line where they can't cross it? Where's the line where somebody's like overseeing their actions? So anyway, it's kind of an interesting one. Also sort of on the mortgage side of things too here uh, in the last week, um, there's been some changes that have been passed to the residential loan application. Right. And so um, the, uh, the 1003 or whatever, um, those were supposed to roll out in February of 2020. And then they backed off that and they said, well, we're going to roll them out, but not yet, right? Government agencies trying to roll stuff out. Um, but now uh, some, what's going on behind the scenes is there's some disagreement between what should be on the new uh, loan application, including questions about your preferred language that you speak and some of your, um, your housing counseling. There's actually housing counseling questions, whatever that is, right? This so the question is like, do they go into the actual loan application, which makes people feel like I have to answer these questions to get my loan, or do they show up on some voluntary form? I, I don't know the backstory on all of this, but it's just quite interesting to me. Here's what I know. All this is going there's on. There's a bunch of politicians in Washington, D.C. that can't figure out what the hell should go on a mortgage application form. How freaking stupid is this this is so stupid that this is what our elected officials spend their time on this is pathetic i mean like literally it's pathetic we're talking about a loan application 
a loan application. Yeah, I mean, there is some body that obviously has to has to review this, but like, why why we're spending so much time? Like, wouldn't you just like put the changes up for a vote, yay, nay, and move on? Like, I don't understand how uh, the new loan application was supposed to come out in early 2020, now delayed. And now they're still disagreeing on what should be on it. So anyway, all that to say, I don't think there's a new loan application coming out anytime soon. So there you have it. Maybe they're going to do this right before they hear a new case about some athlete doing steroids or something. I don't know. But it seems like Congress or whoever is like, they're clearly, <laughs> clearly uh, they're delivering their money's worth. Thanks for joining us for Industry Headlines today, where we did not deliver on giving you all the industry headlines in just a couple of minutes. But we'll do our best next time. We'll see you next week. Hey everyone, Fred Weaver here. I interrupt this important podcast to remind you that NLA Live 2020 is around the corner. NLA Live 2020 will be held in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Talking Stick Resort. Is it a beautiful hotel and casino? And we have an incredible lineup of speakers that we'll be announcing here shortly. You can find out more information and get the very best deal on pricing by visiting nextlevelagents.com and clicking on our events page. We look forward to seeing you there again nextlevelagents.com and click on the event page that's it for today's show do me a favor if you enjoy this go over to itunes or wherever you're listening at leave us a review share this episode with your friends and for more great content check us out in our facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents that's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents see you soon